Welcome into the December 20th episode of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DeSefano with Dave Morsuti. We have a trade to announce, Dave. Leafs acquiring Dryden Hunt from the Colorado Avalanche. will break that trade down and help tee up tonight's game. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning coming to town to take on the Maple Leafs down at Scotiabank Arena. So we'll tee that game up as well. All that more coming up on today's edition of Lockdown Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also now catch us up on video format on YouTube. Search up Lockdown Leafs and get new content directly delivered to you each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. And uh, I'm back, Dave. I am back for my vacation. Thank you so much, buddy, for holding down the fort while I was away. Uh, you got to catch me up to speed, buddy, because they don't have uh, – well, they don't have TS and sports nets on these cruise ships as i'm sure you are well aware of since you've gone on a couple yourself you know i was trying to keep track as much as possible through you know reading articles and by you know just watching some highlights and just keeping track of the scores and whatnot but uh, catch me up really quickly give me a quick skinny what do i need to know well unfortunately a few streaks came to an end yeah so that 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 wasn't a good. So you 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 leaving caused a few streaks to to end. I'm gonna put, my put, fault. Yeah, put a partial blame of that on you. Yeah, my fault. You you did miss a, the offensive outing uh, uh, outburst of the Alexander Kerfoot Pierre Engvall duo against the Ducks, which <laughs> I. Uh, Mr. Hernandez, the Locked On Ducks host, was uh, was not having a good time that night. No. <laughs> Agreed. No, he was not. But it's it's funny because, you know, when I was leaving, we were just talking about how this team needs to find some depth scoring. Like, these guys need to start scoring some goals. Kerfoot, in particular, is someone who we quite literally pointed at and said, dude, score a goal at five on five because you had yet to do that this season. And uh, what he scored twice at five on five um, over the course of the week. So, Good to see that that's happening. Yeah, I was kind of bummed to see both streaks come to an end, Mitch Marner and uh, the the point streak for the team both coming to an end in the game against the the Rangers. Um, but say la vie is what it is. Uh, they can always get back up on the horse tonight when they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. It'll be tough. That's a team that's won five in a row coming into this game. Um, but. Why don't we actually break down this trade that went down before we get into tonight's game? Uh, Dryden Hunt is now a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, he was traded from the Colorado Avalanche. Dennis Mulgan going the other way. So the Dennis Mulgan era, Dennis Mulgan era 2.0, that is, um, is officially over in Toronto. We'll, we'll always remember the terrific preseason that he had and 
What a preseason it was, Dave. But unfortunately, unable to parlay that into a successful uh, successful regular season campaign. Had a couple of good games, a couple of good moments, scored a couple goals. But ultimately, no longer with the team. In comes Dryden Hunt. Um, you know, what, what are your initial thoughts on the deal? Yeah, I found it to be a bit of a weird deal. Like when you when you you look at like kind of both teams and what they're looking for, this just seems like you know Toronto was looking for something different in the lineup, right? Without having to, you know, they were probably saying if we're going to lose um, Malcolm potentially on waivers, might as well see if they can get something out of them. Um, so. Yeah, I, Sheldon Keith alluded to the, the team needing some physicality. I, I said the team has been watching the game against the Rangers and the Capitals. It was apparent this team that the physicality wasn't there and it, it showed and it and it led to, I think, them having a really hard time against those teams. Like they didn't have a lot of pushback physically. And yeah, you know, you don't want to totally change your total your game plan just because of a couple of games. I feel like this was something that the team felt like they were gonna they were needing. Like I know people were upset about losing Malgan and you know he puts he's generating scoring chances, but he's not he wasn't capitalizing on scoring chances either. The guy was on a line with Mitch Marner during a 23 game point streak. You know how many points he put up in that time? Like I think one. Yeah. Like he he wasn't it, it just wasn't working. it just felt like the whole situation just needed a reset. And so the Leafs get that. I, I, I'm not expecting a huge, I'm not expecting too much from uh, Dryden Hunt, but I'm expecting a little more physicality that this team desperately needs. Yeah. I, I think it's really just a, a matter of the team realizing that, that look, Dennis Morgan, they tried it not once, but twice and just ain't it. Like, you know, I, I think maybe he's going to have an opportunity in, in Colorado where there's some injuries. But with Callie Yarncroft, his return on the horizon, he was going to take that spot back up in the top six. And I think what they realized just, you know, Mulligan doesn't really fit the mold of a fourth liner and what they want out of their bottom six. You know, someone who's more defensively capable and responsible to play in their own end. And Mulligan just it didn't turn out to be that. He tried, and it, it just didn't quite turn out that he could – you know, fill that role. Dryden Hunt, however, can fill that role. And, and that's kind of exactly what he does in his own right. Um, quickly, I'll just give you the quick skinny about what he's all about. And then what I actually, uh, uh, why I think this is a win for the Maple Leafs too. But really quickly, 27-year-olds, undrafted winger from Cranbrook, BC. So good Canadian kid. Uh, six foot, 193 pounds. So a little bit more size than Dennis Mulligan. Um, showed a bit of a scoring touch in junior at 58 goals in his final season with the WHL Moose Jaw Warriors back in 2015-16. Parlayed that into uh, a contract with the Florida Panthers as a UDFA. Had two 23-goal seasons in the American League in 58 and 51 game seasons. Um but has played more of a depth role since getting to the NHL. Just 14 goals through 193 games split between uh, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, and New York, including last year, which was his career season with the Rangers, ended up with six goals, 11 assists, 17 points in 76 games. Um, actually did have a cup of coffee in the top six. Jar Gallant gave him a, a little look there. 
probably considering that you know, he had produced at once upon a time in his junior and, and in the American League and thought, nah, let's see what he can do. I don't necessarily think that'll be a, a role for him here. I don't think he'll get an opportunity in the top six, but it's something that wouldn't be completely unfamiliar to him. Uh, just two goals so far this season through 28 games. Um, started off the year in Colorado and then uh, or with New York and then was claimed off waivers by Colorado pretty early into the season. Played there for 25 games, got a goal, and is now traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, he's on an expiring deal, so he's a UFA at the end of the season. We're 762000 so pretty much league minimum there. So that's kind of what you're looking for also out of a fourth-line winger. And it's just more of a fit for what this team needs um, and what Morgan kind of couldn't provide. Why don't we take a quick break? When we get back, I can dive a little deeper into his numbers. I went and looked into him just to see exactly, you know, what he's all about, what he does best. And uh, so I've got a, a little, you know, a little stat pack, I guess, that I could show the good people here um, of the pod. And, and then after that, we can get into tonight's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Start previewing that one because it's a big game, Dave. Big game. Tampa, they've rattled off five straight wins and uh, have pulled to within three points in the Maple Leafs uh, for in the, within the division. they got a couple of games in hand, too. So a couple of big, massive two points that could well, maybe, you know, be meaningful in April. Uh, but we'll do that, and we'll touch on uh, the trade, and, and, and I'll give my overall grade and opinion on it on the other side. But first, Dave... Let me tell you guys all about Athletic Greens. Our next product, our next partner has this product that I use every single day. I started taking AG1 um, because quite simply, I, I thought I needed just to, to get a little bit more healthy, right? Wanted better gut health, wanted some more energy, wanted to optimize my immune system. And there's no better thing on the market right now to do that than AG1. So what is this stuff? Well, with one scoop of delicious AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things that you want. Um, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, you're dairy free, gluten free, it really works for everybody. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens use the best of the best products based on the latest science and with constant product, product iterations and third-party testing. Uh, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing your health, and it's a cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all these different supplements yourself, and it's really just you investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Uh, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes um, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And hey, for every purchase, we donate uh, to organizations including the Get Nutritious Food to Kids in Need, uh, including the No Kid Hungry Left Behind uh, in uh, in the USA. And back in 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in need. Uh, so that was fantastic. So, you know, every dollar that goes to the company, they're putting um, – 
parts of that uh, back into the community. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and your arm, your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in, uh, in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're your host here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, I'm back from my vacay, David. Uh, it was it was great being out there on the sale on the seven seas. And um, now I'm back in business. And they gave us a beautiful trade to kind of break down here. So I just gave you guys the skinny on uh, Dennis Morgan, uh, just kind of the surface level stuff. But, you know, I like to dig into the numbers and see exactly what this guy's all about. Uh, I, I'll be completely honest in terms of having an eye test. I've seen him play, you know, a little bit when he was with Florida, a little bit when he was with the Rangers. I haven't watched him a whole lot this season while he was in Colorado. But um, what I do know is that is the guy who pretty much not going to give you a whole lot offensively and can play pretty sound defensively and is reliable in his own zone. So, um, and he's going to hit you. He hits, he hits quite often as well. So those are kind of the three things, main things that, that I think we can pull from his game and some um, statistics or some analytics that really stick out to me um, are as such. So I think when you look at him, you can kind of think of him as like a, a poor man, Zach Aston Reese. Um, he doesn't have much penalty killing to him like Zach Aston Reese does. So that's why I would call him a poor man's version of that. But I think he's just as solid defensively, if not maybe even a little bit better actually in his own, zone he's nearly top 20 dave in all defensive metrics that are tracked by natural stat tricks um among skaters that have played 200 plus minutes which is 651 of them in the nhl this year uh hits per 60 he's ranked in the top 10 he's ninth in the nhl and hits per 60 with 18.84 hits per 60 so he'll go out there he'll lay the boom and i actually saw um one of our, our friends here at the locked on network uh posted hey if anyone's wondering what his career highlight was with the colorado avalanche it was uh, a hit that he had laid and just absolutely annihilated somebody so you know he can bring the boom and and that's kind of one thing that maple Leafs don't really have is someone who can really go out there and thump out there on the ice so i think that's a a big element that he can bring to this team and bring to this lineup that certainly dennis Morgan just simply couldn't yeah, I think you're discussing the David Pasen hit on David Pasternak. Yeah, I think so. Immediately having a fight on a clean yeah. hit, which don't get me started on those. But yeah, I I, I I mentioned in our chat that you know, yeah, he reminds me a lot of Zach Aston Reese based and based on everything you said, it kind of the the stats kind of say that as well. And somebody was like, Well, do we need another another Zach Aston Reese type player? I'm like, Yeah. Leafs, you 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 can't have enough of those. Like you don't want to have too many of those guys because you do need to put together some offense, but you also need to be able to defend. And I think this Leafs team's realizing that when the scoring is not there, they need to be really tight defensively. And the last 
these last two games have really shown that when the top boys aren't producing, then your other guys have got to bring it defensively, and they haven't really done that that well, in my opinion. So I that's where I like the trade is that Malgan, sure, he brought together some offensive capability, but defensively you couldn't rely on him in that role in the bottom six in those tough matchups that you're going to get, especially on the road defensively. Yeah, and, and I'll, I, I've got some numbers, too, that suggest that he might be able to give you a little bit, like a little bit of, of, of offense. He's been a little unlucky so far this season, um, and I'll explain what I mean by that um, very shortly. But just a couple of other um, statistics and defensive metrics that I pulled up where, you know, he's ranked uh, pretty highly in terms of defense. Jay Fresh, by the way, put out a uh, – he puts out, like, these player cards – on Twitter at JFreshHockey, and he said that he's in the 95th percentile among all forwards over the last three seasons when it comes to his defensive metrics. So that's why, you know, I went and I wanted to dig into them myself and see exactly how high he was in some of these categories. Um, so we just talked about the hits. And, uh, yeah, so there it is right there, Jay Fresh and, and his, if you're watching on YouTube, that's, you know, right there, 95% even strength defensively. Um, so that's the, the 95th percentile in the NHL over the course of the last three years. Not a whole lot anywhere else, really, as you can see. Offense just in the 28th percentile finishing. Guy doesn't finish, which is why he only has two goals on the season um, and 14 goals in his career through nearly 200 games at 8%. Uh, and doesn't you know play a high level of competition, obviously, just the third percentile as a fourth liner who gets very limited minutes. Um, but a couple of, of, you know, digging deeper into the numbers, uh, when you look at, uh, like Corsi, his Corsi rating is, uh, or shots against rather shot attempts against per 60, only giving up 45.88, which is actually 21st in the NHL, um, in terms of shot attempts while he's out there on the ice. Uh, in terms of expected goals against per 60, just 1.99 also ranks 21st in the NHL in that regard uh, at five on five. Doesn't give up a whole lot of scoring chances per 60, ranked uh, ninth also in that category. And the only one in the top 10 uh, who has an, a, a sub 50 offensive zone start percentage also, which I think is notable, means that he's taking some face offs in his own end and he's holding his own when he's in there. Uh, high danger chances, also uh, pretty highly ranked, giving up just 8.12 high danger chances per 60, which is ranked 15th in the NHL. And he has a positive giveaway-takeaway ratio as well. So all of those kind of combined give him um, that 95 percentile defensive rating um, that Jay Fresh is, has, has given us in his player card. And when I told you that there were some numbers that spoke to me offensively that suggested maybe perhaps they're not that he's going to be anything more the fourth liner he will only be a fourth liner i believe that's where he's probably going to be you know most um effective let's say and not even that he's going to be a big time goal scorer or he's going to provide a lot of offense but even he could provide a little bit more than the two percent that he is or the two goals that he has this season and that's it he's got two goals and no assists but uh, when I was taking a look at the numbers, goalies, you know, or um, 
his teammates haven't been finishing for him either. When he's on the ice, he actually has a league worst, league worst team shooting percentage when he's out on the ice at just 2%. They're scoring on just 2% of their shots when he's out there on the ice. And his personal shooting percentage over the course of the last three years is about 7.3%. So it's it's really just kind of people around him struggling to finish. He's not finishing as much himself this season um, as he has in, in the past couple of years. So I think that there's a little bit of bad puck luck going on with him when you've got you know a 5% difference in your shooting percentage and then the on-ice percentage of what your team is and what your teammates are. You know, could suggest that there could be some progression uh, in in his point totals, and you know, picking up some assists and, and maybe even a, an extra goal or two. Not a whole lot, obviously. We're talking about a, a fourth liner who will play ten minutes a game, but it is does suggest that maybe there's a little, a tiny bit more offense that uh, could be pulled from from him uh, at some point. Had a career high of eleven goals and twenty seven assist, twenty seven points rather last season with the Rangers. So, you know, if he could do that, put up, uh, you know, be a 30-ish point guy, dozen goals or so, I think you're happy with that out of out of a fourth liner, um, especially since he's just going to kind of bring a different element, come crash and bang some players, and, you know, hopefully can, uh, can provide a spark when needed and be a, a guy who they can kind of chuck into the lineup whenever they need that edge. Yeah, they're, they're gonna and they're gonna need it, right? They're gonna be some very tough games starting, you know, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Where I don't know if he's, I don't expect him to be in the lineup that soon. I, it kind of depends on what Kelly Yarncroke's situation is like, but you know, the Leafs are gonna need a little more of that in this lineup. It, it's it's just apparent, and um, I, I think, yeah, you you want to talk about the whole Dennis Malgan trade from the start how it probably should have never been made. But you know what? You can't take back trades, unfortunately. You can only find ways to get better. And hopefully the Leafs have found a way to get better through this trade. Yeah, even if it's only like incrementally. At the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that Leaf fans can take away from this trade, and and you know, obviously Mason Marchman aside, we're not even going to bring that angle into it, but... You know, it's it's a guy who brings a different element to this team, somebody who's more suited for a fourth-line role, which is clearly what they need. And Dennis Mullen couldn't provide that. And Dryden Hunt can. And then he can go around and he can hit people and he'll stick up for himself. He could fight um, and he could defend in his own end. And and Sheldon Keefe could feel, you know, responsible putting him out there. And I think that's a good thing. So And he can play both, both wing spots, by the way, left and right wing. So that's also just a little bit of versatility um, that clearly the Maple Leafs love to see, a la Kerfoot and Yarncroc and Engvall can play a couple of positions. Um, so that just kind of bodes well and kind of is more so up uh, the Leafs' alley, uh, playing more of a defensive game than what Dennis Morgan had been able to bring. Um, all right, let's take one more break. When we get back, let's tee up tonight's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the three-time Eastern Conference champions, and a team that's nipping on the heels, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've won five in a row, Dave. So we'll come back and we'll chat about that game, tee it up, give our keys, and uh, so we'll do that when we return here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsudi. 
Uh, we are hosts here uh, at the Lockdown Lease Podcast. And Toronto looking to get back in the win column. They've suffered a couple of losses in a row here to New York and then to the Washington Capitals. And now in comes the red hot Tampa Bay Lightning. What is a five in a row, Dave? Uh, and they're going to look to take an important two points because they're only three points back at Toronto and they got two games in hand. So if they can rip two points from the Leafs tonight, they'll be one game back with two games in hand and actually leapfrog them in terms of winning percentage tonight in the division. So today's a, a, a pretty big game and ultimately uh, everyone against Tampa is going to be a big game because the way it's looking, obviously anybody can go get hot and anyone could get cold and slow down. But as of right now, this would be a round one matchup for a second year in a row, Tampa-Toronto. And uh, it's going to be tight cutting down the stretch come April. So picking up two points against the opposition will be big when it comes to trying to get home ice advantage for the playoffs. So obviously it'll be a big game tonight for Toronto. Um, The home teams have been victorious uh, as of late in the meetings between these two teams. So that bodes well for, uh, for the Maple Leafs, obviously. Um, you know, what are you expecting to see out of, out of the game tonight? I expect this to be a very, very close, tight checking game. Like, I went to the la- I went to a game last year between these two teams at home, the one that Nylander won in overtime. Nice. And it was a goaltending battle. Like, at that point, that's just, this is when Jack Campbell was a Vesna Trophy caliber goaltender. Uh, early in the year, October. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're talking like October, November. Like, this was early in the year. Um, and yeah, I just remember like, you know, ta- these types of games like Tampa's right now, they're starting to find their groove. Um, unfortunately for the Leafs, Tampa's finding their groove, but it's a good test for Toronto. Like this is a game that, you know, they, they kind of, I wouldn't call it a must win, but it's, it's one that, you know, you don't want to give Tampa any hope that they could move past you in the standings. Cause as you said, home ice advantage, not just, you know, in this series, but in the playoffs are going to be huge. And, Really, if you're the Leafs, you're trying to avoid Tampa altogether. So you got to win these types of games to avoid these, you know, massive swings in the standings. And you know, two losses in a row by the Leafs, five in a row for Tampa, and you see how the standings change because of it. Even though the Leafs just went on a incredible tear themselves, that's how tough this Atlantic Division is. You, there's little, hardly any uh, margin for error. Yeah, no, you're you're completely right. It's it is a tough division, and and you've got Buffalo that's soaring again. You know, Florida is kind of in the weeds a little bit, but you've got Boston, who's been, you know, the best team in in the NHL, and you know, not that they're running away with things early on, but they just, despite like you said, the Maple Leafs, you know, going 15 straight games with a point, still unable to catch up to Boston because they just kept winning games as well. So, um, yeah, they got to keep up in this race and and the way to do that is picking up points also on teams that are kind of on their heels like the Tampa Bay lightning. So I think it's going to be an important game for the Maple Leafs tonight. And, and uh, I think it'll be a good one. I I will say this. I I went and I looked at Tampa's five game winning streak and I looked at who they played. They've had a little bit of a cupcake schedule of late. So they've won seven of their eight games in December. um, And all but one have been against non-playoff teams, Dave. And that one team being, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who they did win a couple of weeks ago. They, they beat them in overtime. Um, but you look at this five-game streak, 
they've been I think the way that I can sum it up in these games is they began a good goaltending. They have a 952 save percentage in all situations, and that's from both Vasilevsky and Brian Elliott, actually, who has a couple of starts um, in the month of December and in, in this five-game streak. But their penalty kill has been unbelievable, 107% net PK. What that means is that they quite literally are scoring more goals on their penalty kill than they are allowing on their penalty kill. Um, they have yet to allow a goal over the course of this five-game span, and they have one shorthand goal. So literally a positive goal differential on the penalty kill through this five-game stand. So uh, that's a big reason for why Tampa's been on a roll here lately. Um, also have a really high shooting percentage, though, at, at about 14.5% at five-on-five which is up from their season average of 9.9. So uh, they're, they're, you know, getting some puck luck, uh, really strong um, penalty kill and really strong goaltending has kind of led the way for them here. And then they're just getting, you know, contributions from from a lot of guys too. You've got Nikita Kucherov, who's got 10 points in the last five games. Brandon Hagel, remember him? Remember how much we talked crap about that Brandon Hagel deal? He's got five goals his last five games, nine points in five games. Braden Point's got five goals. Stammer's got six points. Hedman's back up to six points. You've got Anthony Sorelli, who's returned in his seven games and has seven points. Um, you know, there's it's a, he's a big reason why, too, that this team is actually has turned it around since he's come back in the lineup. Um, you know, they've had just one loss, and he's been unbelievable for that team also. So it's going to be a tough game. Um, and for a lot of the reasons that I said, one of my keys for tonight as we transition into the keys is I, I think Toronto is going to have to, tr- they got to win the special teams battle. And that's tough to do against this team because they've got a fifth ranked power play and a penalty kill that hasn't allowed a goal in six games and has only allowed one penalty uh, goal on the penalty kill in the month of December and has killed off 81% on the season in Toronto's power play hasn't been great as of late, uh, just six for 39 since Morgan Riley got injured and left this lineup. And uh, you know, that penalty power play has kind of dried up to be quite honest with you. They did score two power play goals um, last time they played uh, Tampa or sorry, the Leafs allowed two power play goals. Last time they played Tampa, so at least PK has been great either. Um, so the special teams game is going to be important tonight because uh, it's firing on all cylinders for Tampa, not so much for Toronto, and that's kind of bad news bears if that trend continues. What's uh, what's what's another key for tonight's game in your mind, Dave? Well, you brought the pe- the special teams. Like I remember that game in Tampa, the penalty kill, the penalties were killer. That's what got led Tampa get back into the game when it looked yeah. like these were just taking control. So I think that's that's gonna be an important one. And I think the big boys are gonna have to be the big boys in this game, right? Like I, I the, what's been allowing the least to be successful is when their top guys are producing, and they're gonna need more of that, right? And and I think the goaltending still like the goaltending hadn't been great the last couple of games. A little bit of a letdown. I mean, I'm not expecting them to be at elite levels that they were all season long, but the the goaltending kind of dropped off a little bit in the last two games, and it, it 
maybe show a couple of cracks defensively in this lineup, but yeah, it's something they need to work on. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. It's it's something that you know at least can't afford to to lose on a nightly basis. That special teams battle. We know it's it's very important to you know score on your power play opportunities and then don't allow them to score when you do take penalties. And if you're taking a lot of them, you better have a good penalty kill. And right now, hasn't been just 66% kill rate over the last four games. So uh, they got to get back onto, uh, they got to get back to, to killing off those penalties. It's been, you know, better overall of late, I guess, you know, we could say, but the last four games or so, um, it's been a, a, a little bit, a little bit worse than it had been. All right. The other one that I have another uh, really big key for tonight's game. I think that the team needs to, to, well, Murray's going to have to outdo a Vasilevsky somehow because now that guy's playing some really, really good hockey right now, an 844 save percentage in the month of December. Um, and he looks like Andre Vasilevsky again at the end of the day. So he somehow is going to have to outduel him. Now, Matt Murray has played some good hockey, not coming off the greatest performance, I suppose. Uh, you know, his last time out did, did suffer a loss. However, you know, I don't think by all accounts it was a bad performance no. and i think that he is more than capable of showing up and, and playing well he's a guy who's you know been uh one of the top goaltenders so far this season to be quite honest with you and, and he's been really solid um you know in high pressure situations and you know one of the higher high dangerous save percentages in the nhl and you know that he's going to face a lot of quality chances against this tampa team so uh, hopefully he can outduel Vasilevsky, and he's going to have to ultimately um, because it's going to be a tight game, and you know just uh, you know one or two mistakes or one or two bad goals, and you're going to lose this hockey game. So he's got to be on his A game. He's got to be on his toes on the ball and see if he can outduel the the guy on the other side. Yeah, that goaltending in a lot of these games has been has been crucial, and I think yeah, Matt Murray hasn't been dreadful. Like by any stretch, I mean he's they're still winning, right. but he yeah it, it ha, there's been a little bit of a drop off. So I think a game like this would be a good chance for him to kind of bounce back and get back into it. Yeah, and um, the last one is just you know finish on on the chances that you get. You know, I, I just looking into the numbers, diving into it over the course of the last month um, or the, over the month month of December, the Tampa Bay Lightning not allowing a whole lot. Uh, seventh in terms of high danger chances that they're giving up per 60 per game, um, not giving up. They're giving up a league low half of a high danger goal per 60 during this run also. So the Leafs, they're not going to be given a whole lot, but when they are, they're going to have to cash in. Luckily, they've been pretty good at that. Um, second in the NHL in high danger goals four they've been generating a whole lot of chances second most high danger chances so you know i think that this is a team that has been able to generate a lot but can they do it against tampa that that's the question right they've been able to do it against some other teams but tampa's a whole another beast and you know for whatever reason they're they're kind of like a boogeyman at this point for toronto especially after the playoffs last year so it'll be really interesting to see if they can continue that and uh you know, which one of those trends will will continue? You know, the, the Maple Leafs generating a lot of quality chances, or will it be the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been a, 
a, a real solid team at suppressing uh, quality chances. So that'll be a good battle there. And then ultimately, when it comes to like a play style, I, I think they got to play, you know, quick, up tempo kind of game, play with speed, move the puck quickly. Um, I was having a chat with Dave Festchuk of the Toronto Star yesterday. And like I said, I, I wasn't actually able to watch all of the games over the course of the last week while I was away. But what he said he noticed was, and you could obviously confirm or deny this based on your viewing experience, but a big thing that he noticed in these last couple of games, as opposed to, you know, that 15 game streak prior was the fact that the team was, was pressured in their own end, mostly the defense and uh, they closed in on quickly and then weren't able to move the puck as quickly as they had been uh, doing it and, and, and transporting it from the defensive to offensive zone. And, and that connectivity was not as sound as it had been. And that was because of, um, you know, just some being simply being pressured as soon as they got the puck and didn't give them a whole lot of time and space to make decisions. So uh, if they can play with speed and tempo and, and get the puck and get it up and get it out pretty quickly um, and not allow for Tampa to close in on them um, in a way that, that, that Washington and, and New York did, I think that would bode well for them offensively as well. Definitely. No, I, I think, yeah, the lack, there's the lack aggressiveness a little bit offensively too. They're not, pushing the pace the tempo as you said and i think they just gotta not pass up on opportunities to get pucks on the net right don't don't look to make that extra pass if you like unless it's absolutely necessary but yeah just gotta be a little more aggressively and really challenge the uh, the goaltender a little bit more all right pal give me a prediction when it happens tonight i think it's gonna be a close game i'm gonna say two one leafs Three two Leafs, overtime. I think, overtime. I think we see overtime tonight, and I think they actually win it in <laughs> overtime. David Camp will start the overtime period, and uh, he'll win the draw, little face off, get off type of situation, and the Maple Leafs will uh, will win another game in OT, which is also something I missed while I was on vacation. Maple Leafs were winning games in overtime. What a time to be alive. What a time. Uh, all right. That'll do it for us today. Enjoy the game tonight, folks. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to recap it for you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to us uh, at Lockdown Leafs on all of your podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Also follow the show if you'd like at Lockdown Leafs. Um, you can also uh, follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already as well. Uh, please leave a like. Uh, you can comment down below your thoughts on the dry and hunt deal. Um, you know, maybe what 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 will you remember Dennis Mulgan for? Was it the terrific preseason, the dazzling goal he scored against the Detroit Web Red Wings? Honestly, it's probably going to be his career highlight, if you ask me, as a, as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, so you can leave a comment down below your thoughts on that trade as well. Uh, but we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll recap tonight's game against the Leafs. Uh, well, uh, the Leafs against the Tampa Bay Lightning down at Scotiabank Arena. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Uh, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.